Hey, everybody. Guess who's back on Cluster Fudge? Hey, hey, hey. It's Carlos. I'm back. Carlos has I'm returned. Ba- Welcome back, Carlos. Hello. It's good to be back. I, I took a, a much-needed uh, day off, I think, one day, maybe two days, but now I'm back. Give or take uh, several. Give or take several. But, uh, yeah, now I'm here again. What's going on, Alan? What's, what's been happening since I've been gone? Well, uh, well, you know, lots of stuff. You know, I'm going to bring up something we didn't even talk about before the recording. Um, I didn't see it. I don't know if you did. I guess you don't. You don't have Disney Plus. But uh, my friends online are raving about Hamilton being on Disney Plus And, like, they're all about the Hamilton. I don't know if you've listened to the soundtrack or watched a production of Hamilton. Do oh, I went to the produ- I went to the show. Oh, fantastic. Uh, I saw Hamilton. Uh here in, in Chicago. Chicago, I went nice. to uh, the theater that's actually right down the uh, street, like literally less than a block from my office. They had Hamilton for like over a year. And I actually uh, went with a, a friend of mine and uh, I gave her the non-obstructed view seat and I got the slightly obstructed view seat. And I thought maybe she would volunteer to change places at intermission and she did not, but I didn't ask so it's fine. You're a gentleman. You're such it's, a gentleman. Uh, yeah, yeah. I didn't ask, so you know it is what it is, and it wasn't that bad. I could see, pre- I could pretty much see the show, and it was a very good show. There was though this older white gentleman, and he was there with someone who I don't know if, if she was his date or his caretaker, and he was just like, "What is this? What's going on here?" And it's like, "Dude, why are you at this show?" If you don't understand that this show is like hip-hop rapping with Alexander Hamilton. It's like, what are we doing right now? Get out of here. And it's been what? the only show there for the last year? Yeah, you know, and it's like, then don't come. Why did you buy tickets to this if, you know, I don't know. It sounds to me like maybe who he was with dragged him out there because, uh, well, she probably was pretty familiar with it. I mean, who isn't? Yeah, she was like, shh, be quiet. Yeah. I want to see Hamilton. Uh, like, what? Okay. Yes. Oh, you want to? What is that? A musical? Okay, I'll see a musical. Yeah. Why aren't they singing? It's like, all right. Um, <laughs> the, the talking, but fast. Yeah, the fast talking. Um, I don't trust yeah. the fast talker. I mean, that being said, uh, you know, obviously, you're. I wasn't like close to the stage. I was um, on the ground floor. I guess the mezzanine, but on the lower level. Lower level mm-hmm. mezzanine. I don't know what you would call it. Um, you know, so I wouldn't mind seeing like a nicely filmed version of the show. And I've seen it. So it's like I don't mind like, you know, I I, I, I would have both experiences if I were to see it. I don't have Disney Plus, so I haven't had a chance to see it. Um, you know, I'm tempted to get Disney Plus for like a scotch of time just mm-hmm. to see it. But usually with these services, I usually sign up and forget to unsign like, I still have CBS All Access because I'm going to watch Discovery at some point. Um, and, you know, I watch one or two other CBS shows um, in addition to Picard. And now they're going to have Lower Decks is going to be coming up, which is like the Justin Rowland, uh, where they give him a piece of the Star Trek universe. The guy who did the co-creator of Rick and Morty. And he's oh, going to do okay. like an animated series that is like the Lower Deck characters oh, I of thought like this a, was going to be live action no 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 it's going to be animated 
Um, oh, and you wow. can already see the artwork. It looks like, you know, the Rick and Morty characters. Uh, speaking of which, I saw this show, Solar Opposites, which he did for Hulu, which we can talk about as well at any point if you watch it. Um, you know, it's nice. It's, you know, it's not Rick and Morty, but it's nice. It's fun. But it's not like if I didn't see it, I wouldn't cry about not right. seeing it. But but there is this interesting subplot that happens within the show that's pretty cool. So I'm interested to see what they do with a season two. And it's sweet in a weird way. Um, but yeah, Hamilton, like, again, I may, you know, I'll see if I have a friend that uh, gets Disney Plus and maybe I'll uh, try to catch it with them or something. It's hard to watch shows with people though now because of the because of the pandemic i know because the pandemic like i just happened to be doing this recording today because i'm in my actual office instead of my home office where my bosses have like a professional ish uh, microphone because they do like you know web blogs and stuff for our property management company so i'm just using their mic uh, and it seems to be working. The little circle's getting bigger when I talk. So, you know, hopefully that's a good sign. Uh, but yeah, Hamilton looks pretty cool. And it's really neat that Disney Plus got it. That's pretty big get. And I may I may get Disney Plus for a skosh of time just to watch Hamilton you'll, again. You'll get some use out of Disney Plus. I mean, you already saw Mandalorian. And that's, that's a pretty good show. Um, yeah, I may wait until the second season comes out. Yeah, I mean, that might behoove you as well, but like you said, Hamilton. But there's a slew of just movies that either you've already watched and loved or maybe you just never got around to seeing. But, I mean, they have not only the Disney catalog, but it's also the whole Fox catalog as well. Um, we just watched Princess Bride last night, and uh, it was nice to see. But amongst other things, it's got Willow, and, of course, it's Disney, so it's got um, The Flight of the Navigator. And uh, all sorts of stuff. See, I'm surprised. Flight of the Navigator seems like a movie that would have been remade by now. Just seems like <laughs> a simple premise. You give you give an up and coming like Disney actor one of their Disney Channel guys, and just here, take this. This is a this is an easy Homer, easy easy you know easy. But it w- I don't think it was that successful when it came out. I think one of the problems the movie had. Uh, profit-wise, success-wise, was that it didn't find its audience. It advertised as this movie where a kid flies a spaceship, but it is kind of a creepy, mysterious movie and, and where, where a kid is kind of in peril. And I remember watching it. I'm about his age and thinking, man, that'd be, that'd be freaky if you just woke up and, like, what, eight years of your life are gone and your parents didn't know where you were for eight years and now you've... You know, you, you just you're missing part of your life. So now you're reacclimating in that respect. And then finally you get to fly a spaceship at the end of the movie. And to me, these are the movies that make the most sense, the most sense for, you know, remakes, because, yeah, they, they you, it can use some tweaking. You know, it was OK, but it's definitely like something where we can improve upon it. Uh, I, I'm just surprised is all. I, you know, it's not something that needs to be remade. I'm just surprised it hasn't been remade. Mm-hmm. It just seems like something that's easy to do. Yeah, I think if it were more successful, <laughs> it would probably have been remade by now. But it's got a kind of a cult following. But it's, yeah, it's so worth a revisit. Like, seeing it today, you know, now that I'm an adult and a parent, it's much different take on the movie than when I first watched it. 
Oh, you mean the di- the missing child angle of it? Yeah. Parents well, that before, lost a child was, and had no idea yeah. where the child went, if they were dead or not? Exactly. So now I'm on the opposite end, whereas before I was freaked out as the kid. Now, first of all, I know how it ends, so I'm not worried about this kid anymore watching it. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, my God, yeah. My kid? Like, I, the, the, the decisions these parents make, like, f- freaks me out. Like, oh, I'm going to just leave my kid alone in this laboratory again. And I'm not going to leave my kid alone after missing him for eight years. I wouldn't leave his side. See, so we got to rewrite this remake and make these corrections. There you go. <laughs> all right. Oh, so you know, right now, this seems we're, we're talking about all sorts of stuff. So I think we'll, we'll dip into the potpourri. And we'll get uh, we'll get to another topic that we were discussing before the recording, which is uh, the Scoob movie. Carlos. Oh yeah, Scoob. Now you recently watched Scoob. I have not I seen it. I saw Scoob on HBO trailer. Max, and you have not watched Scoob. And I saw Scoob on HBO Max this past week. I like it was you know it's there. It's they're very insistent on it. It's at the top. It's one of their newer releases. It just got transitioned from rent or buy to just here just watch it it's free now and um i watched it you know and i'm a child of the 80s um you know so i saw a bunch of the old scooby-doo show and syndication and whatnot and the different variations like 60s 70s 80s a bunch of times a a pup named scooby-doo the movies the scooby-doo movies um it was interesting because bill not bill Hader, but will um Will Forte played the voice of Shaggy in this one, and it's hard to tell for two reasons. Number one, he does a good job of like not being himself and being Shaggy, so in that respect, he does a decent Shaggy. Okay. But I don't know why they hired Will Forte, because I don't really feel like that character. I don't really like, you know, it wasn't a, a super funny movie. And I'd say if there were any, any, the most humor came out of A, the combination of uh, Ken Jeong, Jung, and uh, Marky Mark, who were Blue Falcon and Dino Mutt uh, okay. reverse, respectively. Marky Mark mm-hmm. played Blue Falcon. And I thought, but when I saw the trailers, I assumed that was Ryan Reynolds because he had that kind of snark to it and he kind of sounded like Ryan Reynolds. But then I found that it was Marky Mark and I'm like, oh, well, okay, now I hear it. But he did a good job. Marky Mark does a good job as Blue Falcon, which is like the son of the original Blue Falcon. So he's kind of there more for the social media and for the glamour of it and like this cool stuff without like actually wanting to be like a hero hero or having that confidence and dino mutt is presumably the original dino mutt who has to work with the son of his former partner who he finds difficult to and plus a, a woman that flies her ship named Dee Dee and blah 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 who cares because blue falcon is a super old character that no one really knows and it's like now we're not even dealing with blue falcon but the son of blue falcon but there was humor there but it's like I find it amusing because I like seeing Blue Falcon again. And the last time that Blue Falcon was brought up was through um, the the comedy, the the, the Cartoon Network um, attorney show, uh, Birdman. Attorney Birdman. Law. Harvey Birdman, yeah. Harvey Birdman. So Blue Falcon was a nemesis with like a, a European accent and was very humorous. And Dynamut was murdered and they thought that Harvey did it. Uh, and it was cool <laughs> to see Dynamut because I genuinely like 
the character of Dynamite. I never saw it a lot. I don't know that if Blue Falcon even had its own show or not. I think it was it was a okay. comedy show. I think, and it was no, mostly the comedy. Dynamite did have a uh, they did have a show together, and, and uh, Dynamite was like this silly dog. The right. comedy, and then Blue Falcon was like a play the straight man to Dynamite, who was like oh, I do silly things because I'm like a bionic Inspector Gadget dog. I think that Blue Falcon was Gary Owens, just like he played uh, Space Ghost. I think it was the same voice. And oh, in the show, in the in the in Harvey the, Birdman, yeah. Well, no, I don't know about Harvey Birdman's version, but the original one that ran oh. on, in the seventies, that was I think Gary Owens and um, Frank Welker was playing Dino Mutt, I believe. That is interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, and I mean, that makes sense because, you know, he was a, yeah, so it was Dynama, but it's weird because this time it's like Dynama's playing more of the straight man or the frustrated man to blue, to Marky Mark's Blue Falcon. It was amusing. You know, that those were amusing parts, but it's like, I'm like, I'm watching this movie and I'm wondering who this is for because they start with an origin story of how the mystery machine gang gets together and as kids and how Scooby and Shaggy meet and then they meet the others and Shaggy's basically lonely and that's the thing they put on Shaggy. I'm a really lonely dude. Oh, now I found the dog. Oh, now we have friends. Great. You know, and they really don't go over why the mystery gang needs Shaggy there except at the end they make it, oh, he's the heart of the team. Uh, and they bring in um, uh, Dick Dastardly as the villain. Right. Um, and it's like, again, it's like, who is, you know, this is such an old character. It's like, there are no kids that are looking for Dick Dastardly. And like for the adults and for the older people that grew up with this cartoon, it's like, there's not a lot here. I mean, they're, they are running on nostalgia fumes with mm -hmm. this movie is what I'm saying. Like more so like 47 year old characters. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, and you know, they got them right. The voices, oh, well, they, you know, they had. I think Jason Isaac did the voice of um, Dick Dastardly. It was fine, mm -hmm. and you know, they got Frank Welker back to do um, a Scooby, which I felt like, okay, you know, he's a little hoarse, and they had him play the young Scooby too. And it's like, well, if you have a different actor playing young Shaggy, get a different actor to play young Scooby, you know. And they had, um, you know, it was a good uh, cast. I think no, that's I mean that's nice that they, they at least had Frank Welker on the show. I mean, yeah, he is the go to Scooby voice since um the original voice passed away. It was uh, oh I'm blanking on his vo I'm oh, blanking on his name that. right now. I think you're no, talking yeah. about Casey Kasem. Yeah, so Casey Kasem passed away and he played Shaggy. Um I'll remember the voice later, but uh Frank Welker's start was as Fred from Scooby Doo. He was the original Fred. And um, Don Masick, thank you. That's what my memory's remembering. Don Messick was the voice of Scooby-Doo as well as uh, the Ranger and Boo Boo and a whole bunch of other Hanna-Barbera cartoons and some Transformers as well. Yeah. But uh, so, uh, yeah, so, no, it's I'm glad at least Frank Welker got a role because they already took his yeah. original role. No, I mean, I mean Scooby him. was prominent and they like, you know, Scooby turns out to be special for a certain reason and Shaggy feels left out. And Shaggy and Scooby are not even with the Mystery Machine gang, but they're with Blue Falcon and Dog Wonder for uh, uh, and Dino Mutt uh, for a very large chunk of the film. 
And again, it's kind of entertaining to see Blue Falcon, but it's like I'm watching this movie, and they bring in Captain Caveman has a cameo for some reason, mm-hmm. uh, played by Tracy Jordan, uh, okay. or Tracy Morgan, excuse me, <laughs> whichever is his real name. And he does a decent, he gets the cadence right, of course it's Tracy Morgan, but he does a cadence right when he does the Captain Caveman voice. But I'm watching this movie, and I'm wondering what executive greenlit this movie it's like, why are we... And with so many deep-cut references to the old show, right. they even bring back Muttley at some point. There's a, a, a big part of this movie is getting to Muttley, and it's like, I, I, it's not it's not an entertaining story by itself. You know, taking up the nostalgia factor, it wasn't that entertaining. We don't have the Mystery Machine gang together. We don't get a proper origin. We just get a quick and dirty origin. And now you're grown up and they want to make the business real. But maybe and then they bring in what's his face from the um, America's Top Talent or um, America X or whatever that show is. America's Got Talent. Uh, Simon. Mm -hmm. Simon, Simon whatever Cowell. and he's like yeah Simon Cowell's like I'm not going to invest in Mystery Machine Inc because Shaggy and Scooby bring nothing to the team and it's like why is this in the movie mm. I just I I finished the movie and I'm like that didn't even bring me joy and if it's not bringing <laughs> me joy who is it supposed to be bringing joy to right. it's like you know us or toddlers because it's certainly well, not tweens or teens. The, so I, I'm guessing, you know, someone who grew up with these cartoons in the 70s might be a grandparent or an older parent right now. And maybe they're bringing their kids because they recognize, oh, uh, another Scooby movie. Oh, and oh, look, Blue Falcon's in it. Yeah, that sounds cool. And I think they probably dusted off the old Blue Falcon. He's like, you know, someone's whispering behind the scenes going, we've got the property of a superhero that was, you know, had some recognizability back in the 70s and 80s. So we should uh, see how that works today. And apparently from what you're describing is it didn't go over that well. But then it's the same um, rationale for not rebooting uh, the Flight of the Navigator, you know? Yeah. And some people will look at that movie and go, what? why did they make another version of this? I don't know. And at the end, they even, like, tried to set up the Falcon 4, like, in the closing credits. They had um, Captain Caveman, and I don't know if it's McGilla, Gorilla, or Grape Ape. Um, and, like, well, one Grape or two Ape other dudes. Grape Ape 40 feet tall, so was he 40 feet tall? Uh, probably not, so it was probably McGilla, Gorilla. Okay, so There's yeah. these four other characters that are, like, old AF, and it's like, I, are you guys trying to maybe do, like, a... A spinoff of this with Blue Falcon. It's like yeah. it's so. It was so weird. It was. It They're was trying weird. Trying to do a, a universe, an expanded universe, and, and it was disappointing. It was disappointing because I think there's a better movie somewhere. For if you want to keep the property alive, I think there's a better movie. And they did the meta jokes, like you know, he talks like what a forty-year-old writer would like think that a hippie teenager would talk like, you know, and it's like. And then, and Will Forte's wasted. He's just straight up wasted. Why is he the voice of Shaggy if he's not going to do Will Forte stuff? It's like, I don't know. And the, the animation looked good, but again, it's like this movie needed to happen in the 90s. You know, I don't know. Or just come up with a brand new mystery without all these weird old characters. Like, give them a straight up, genuinely good mystery. You know, make right. a mystery comedy. You know, if you're going to do it, do it right. 
Okay. So that was Scoob. All no, right. no recommendation. All right. You, Carlos does not recommend this movie yeah. to either the kids old enough to appreciate it or the adults old enough to appreciate it. No one would like this movie, according to Carlos. So the Justice League uh, movie was originally directed by Zack Snyder. He had to leave or get fired or whatever, and he was replaced uh, partway through by J.J. Abrams. And uh, everyone's talking about how they weren't impressed with the original release of Justice League and hoping and praying that the Snyder Cut is significantly better. What, what's your take, Carlos? I really am getting frustrated with this notion now that because a Snyder Cut exists or whatever, first of all, we're never going to see the Snyder Cut. We're going to see the Snyder Cut plus a couple of years and all the comments and all the ideas that Snyder may have gotten. So we're going to see some mix of, the, you know, like what he originally had in mind and the ideas that he's gotten since, you know, like, like it's like, here, you gave me a paper. I'm going to give you a C minus. Try again. And then he comes back with a revised paper. That's number one. Number two, I really dis I'm frustrated with this idea that, oh, man, the Snyder Cut's going to be great. And it's like, dude, you know, <laughs> Zack Snyder started to get thumbs down with his work in the DC universe for a reason. Okay. And I get that what we saw wasn't his vision. And, you know, Whedon's thing was okay. I like some of the, I like Joss Whedon's work. I like his writing. So, was like, you know, they, Whedon, Joss Whedon. Oh, okay, because I, I'm sorry, I Because he came in there. To, I said J.J. Abrams' name instead. I, I made a mistake. Oh, no, so it's Joss, Joss Whedon. Whedon was so. the one who took over. Yeah, I mean, I like okay. his writing. He's getting a lot of flack now for, apparently, he was, I don't know, like, the guy who played Cyborg, Ray, um, Ray Parker? No. Uh, Ray Fisher, uh, like said, he but was he kind of didn't not, sing the Ghostbusters theme. Yeah, he was uh, kind of rude and stuff on the set. That's oh. starting to come out, um, and that like he talked crap about like one of, like Kevin Smith said that some guy told him that he kind of talked smack a little bit about Snyder's version while he was on the set. Um, you know, but like I like Whedon's humor, and you know, and then a lot of people like he brought in too much humor, and I don't agree with that at all. It's like. There are certainly things, like obviously there are things I don't care about with respect to the Justice League movie, but there are things that I believe he added that I do enjoy. I like that opening bit with the guy as bait. I enjoy that sequence at the very top when Batman has that dude and he's using his fear to draw in one of those things. Mm -hmm. I like that part. I think it's cool. Uh, you know, and, and I'm hoping that pieces like that aren't thrown out, you know, with mm -hmm. Snyder's cut. I'm also not convinced that Snyder's cut's going to be super different. Like, if you're right. telling me, oh, it's going to be a lot darker like it should have been. It's like, I don't think Justice League should be dark. So no, I, I don't, don't want to see that. Right. And if that's his, you know, I, I like Snyder didn't do a great job of executing his vision or he did execute his vision the way he wanted to and then the world was like we're not that crazy about that 
Well, like it all yeah, starts clearly. with we, Man we of saw, Steel. It yeah, exactly. All goes back so to that. His thing, his take on Man of Steel, like he took a character who's supposed to be very pure-hearted and lovable, and he made him. He tried to make him edgy, and it's like that doesn't work to have an edgy superhero that's also ultimately powerful. It just doesn't. Like you need nope. to give him some vulnerability, and if you're not going to give him a physical vulnerability, he has to be both emotional vulnerable and moralistically vulnerable like he has a strong moral compass and he has to be held within that box that confine yep. if he doesn't have a small confine of a moral uh, foundation then he can do whatever the heck he wants hence the destruction of the military satellite at the end yeah or or hence the uh, the the example what with the with the um the tractor trailer full of flogs like yeah, that's you know, ridiculous. That was ridiculous. Destroyed this guy's truck, and it's like, yeah, we get it. He could do that if he were to allow himself to, and that's one of the things about being a superhero. To be moral is that you have to hold back, and this character yeah. didn't hold back at the at the whim of a, a cheap laugh. Um, and Zack Snyder, you know, in interviews, he said, "I don't believe that anyone." would with all these powers would be a good guy and it's like then you shouldn't be doing this movie no nope, this is you Superman. shouldn't be doing it and, and you then, know and because you 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 messed up the foundation and everything else you know because it's on a weak foundation it's not that great and there are these people that think well this won't be great if we let him do it his way he got to do it his way before right and he was made to change it because his way wasn't working. Now, the studio's way isn't great either. The studio should have just said, you know what, Zach, thank you, but we're going to go in a different, a little more positive direction. We don't share the same vision. We're going to get a different director. And eventually, circumstances made themselves available so that they could do that. But it was too late in the process for the last movie. You know, and then they bring Whedon to kind of like do this Frankenstein, Whedon, Snyder thing. And people are like, well, it sucked because of Whedon. It's like, no, it didn't no, suck because so. of Whedon. Whedon was put in a bad situation. And it just because right. if Snyder had it by himself, it wouldn't necessarily have been a slam dunk because it hasn't been a slam dunk. Except to people who don't understand the nuances of the characters or don't care. And that's fine if you don't care. But don't try to tell everyone else that these movies, this is the best that we can do. They're not I've the best we can do. We he didn't succeed in this exact scenario, right? He was handed the Avengers, and he didn't direct or write any of the previous movies leading up to Avengers, but he took what they gave him, and he came up with a phenomenal movie that exceeded uh, the, the expectations of someone who can acknowledge how limited you are when you have to focus on a cast of, like, eight different main characters. That's, you know, next to impossible. Yeah, but he managed to pull off Avengers quite well. Um, and, yep. You know, people will put him down for the second Avengers, but that's because the studio and and Feige, you know, he really he forced too much into the movie. It, it was just he was shoehorned all this stuff. He's like, oh, by the way, we've got to explain the Infinity Gems and this and that. It's like that has nothing to do with what this sequel is about. It's supposed to be about Ultron. It's like, yeah, 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 but. It's like, okay, so it, it suffered as a result. So he had to set up Black Panther, he had to set up the Infinity War and all that stuff. But anyway, long story short, he succeeded in the first Avengers movie, and he could have succeeded if he had been given a good introduction to the Justice League the way that the Marvel Cinematic Universe had introduced the Avengers. 
but uh, he wasn't given that. So I, I don't blame Whedon for the downfall of Justice League at all. Yeah. So uh, the, all that being said, I am still looking forward to seeing this cut because, A, I know they're going to be extended scenes, and I enjoy extended scenes unless they're absolutely unnecessary. And I, I do want to see some scenes that sound like they were taken out that I've heard have been removed. And it's like, no, I want to see it. I don't mind seeing slight variations on things. I, I feel like, though, it's I feel like people are building this thing up and they're in for a huge letdown yeah. when it when it's not everything they think it's going to be. They, you know, they feel like this. Oh, man, the Snyder Cut is going to be amazing compared to what Whedon gave us. Like, no, I think it's going to be <laughs> no. very similar. I think it's going to be there'll be some more scenes that explain a little bit more, which is nice. Like they cut some good scenes out of um, Batman versus Superman. Like where Superman does, like Clark Kent actually does investigative reporting. And it's mm. like, I would have liked to have seen that. So yeah. like things like that in Justice League, that would be good. And apparently it was like all about Cyborg. Like the original vision was like mainly like, this is about how Cyborg embraces who he is and, you know, uses it to an, an advantage, having like mother box technology within him and comes to terms with him being like a freak of nature now. And if it's like, that sounds is, interesting. If someone's a fan of Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman, maybe they will like a, a Zack Snyder cut better than what we got. I could see that uh, much like. Look, the Richard Donner cut of Superman 2 is definitely a different animal than what we saw in theaters. And fans of Richard Donner, because the first Superman was a pretty darn good movie, um, the fans of Richard Donner can appreciate the Richard Donner cut, but unfortunately it doesn't fit as a sequel because what they did in the Richard Donner cut was they had to just embrace his original idea of an ending. But he used the original idea of an ending for Superman 2 in Superman 1. So it doesn't make sense watching them two sequentially because then he just undoes everything by flying around the world two movies in a row, which does not work cinematically. Yeah. But in any case, it's, uh, it is an, if you haven't already seen the Richard Donner cut of Superman 2 and you're familiar with the original Superman 2, it is worth checking out. It's like a parallel universe version of Superman 2, and I think it's worth it. Worth 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 looking at, and and I heard that they may release the Snyder Cut as a series, as like a mini series instead of a movie, and I'd be down for that because that just means more stuff. If they film stuff, I want to see it. You know, I am curious. I just don't think it's gonna, you know, make it suit like like super improve the experience. Mm -hmm. But I do want to see what they have. I am very curious about this cut. I'm just. Uh, you know, I'm just a little like, oh, Whedon sucked, and it's going to be great. And it's like, well, no, Snyder's track record wasn't that great. So right. those are where my expectations are. That being said, if he filmed more, I want to see it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that's where I'm at. So we're looking forward okay. to the Snyder cut. All right, is um, that it? Well, you said you saw Knives Out. Oh, I did see and Knives I just saw, Out. I saw Knives Out, uh, like, within the last couple of days. This past so weekend, I think. More fresh in your mind. Uh, yeah. But I saw it, yeah, a, a few months ago. And uh, uh, pretty decent movie. It's it's one of those mysteries where you think you've got it figured out and you kind of do, but then they kind of, oh, guess what? The movie's not over yet, folks. And there's like a yeah. whole other half of the movie by the time you find out who, who done it. 
Yeah, and I wanna, I don't wanna be censored into talking about things that may be spoilers. So if you don't want spoilers, maybe you jump ahead by I don't know three to five minutes. Who knows? Okay. You you may have an exact number when we're done, and we're not going to talk about it a long time. Just uh, you're right, very enjoyable. There, and that's what I, I, I didn't realize until I realized who directed it. Ryan Johnson. He subverts expectations, and he did that with Knives Out, and it was so good the way he did it that, like, by the end of the first act, I thought we were just watching. Like, we know who done it. Now we're going to see. We want her to get away with it. Not only do we know who who done it, but we want her to get away with it. Hooray. But then at the end, there's another surprise, which was even great, and I wasn't expecting it. It was yeah. delightful. Um, such a good movie. And I didn't realize that it was the same woman from uh, Blade Runner 2049. That was a hologram girlfriend. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, that's her. That's a hologram go- girlfriend from Blade Runner 2049. And you look okay. at it because, you know, so, so talented, so good in that part. Every mode's good. The cast was amazing. Great cast and amazing. Great to see Chris Evans playing, um, you know, against now his new type mm-hmm. and playing, you know, people that he's played before. Like he's played a-holes in the past and he can play different characters. So it was great to see him as a smarmy asshole. And he, he tricked us. He tricked us all. Yeah. Yeah, there are quite a few twists in this movie where, again, you, you think uh, multiple characters are kind of revealed to who they truly are, but then, like, there's still more information that you get exposed to later on. And it's, uh, it, is, it is an interesting movie if you have not seen it. The great cast and, and great, uh, great script. Really enjoyable. Watch it with friends if you can, safely. It's a fun night at the movies. A great little whodunit. And, uh, you know, I was talking about this with Alan before, but for those of you that have seen Ready or Not, um, I find the two movies to be very similar in um, just in feel and tone and look because they both take places at these palatial mansions of, like, well-to-do families, except in this movie, Knives Out, it's a murder mystery empire. uh, And in the other, Ready or Not, it's a gaming empire. uh, And Ready or Not is so good. It's a horror comedy more horror than or like a thriller horror comedy kind of thing and it is so such a fun movie so good um so i would I'll strong recommend to both cool and if you watch alan if you watch ready or not i'd love to revisit both of them and compare and contrast and just talk will, about ready or not i will check it out if i get a hold of the correct streaming service Son of a bitch. Uh, what do you think Marta does at the end? I don't remember the ending now. Well, you know, uh, she's in the... Um, she's drinking from that coffee mug that belonged to the guy, and she's just looking at the family. Okay. With this yeah, look she's got like millions of dollars, yeah. Yeah. And she was discussing with the detective, should I help them? And he's like, well, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but you have a good heart. I think, she, you know, uh, you know, it seems like a no-brainer. She's going to help the old lady, the grandma... Uh, because, you know, who's going to help her if not Marta? She'll right. probably give Meg money for college. I don't know what she does with the rest of the family. Maybe she lets them take crap from the house and helps them as needed. But it's like, oh, man, they're cutthroats. They're all cutthroats. Well, I mean, yeah, everyone's rude to her and stabs her in the back. And it's like, you know, what, what they were going to give do? her money. I mean, they were. Yes, they they could have been nicer but in the grand scheme of things, they weren't, not all of them were the worst. If anything, they were somewhat indifferent. And I don't right. fault them for, 
the ones that treat it like you're an employee, you're, you're like a, a well-liked employee of the family, but you're an employee of the family. You know, a part of me is like, oh, that sucks. But another part is like, yeah, you know, sometimes people work for you and they're good, but, you know, you're not, you're not buddies with them. They're just, you know, they were, they seem somewhat civil, more civil than not. I don't know. You know, and they said, we're going to help you out. We're going to, you know, give you a little money. And I, maybe that wouldn't have lasted long and maybe it wouldn't have been a lot, you know, but the offer was made. So for whatever that's worth, I don't know. Potpourri. It was a cornucopia of <laughs> random uh, knickknacks and whatchamacallits. All right. Carlos, any plugs you want to do? Uh, yeah, actually, I am on and uh, well, for those of you that don't know, uh, I'm in Chicago and the IO theater recently closed and uh, I am in a uh, I was on an improv video sketch team through IO, but now we've gone independent. We were probably going to go independent before, honestly, given some of the things that were going on with IO. But now we are definitely independent because IO is closed. We are called Happy to Be Here. And you can find us on Instagram and on Facebook. And um, I'm going to see if I can find the... Uh, and we just put up a new video called Bike Soup. And uh, I have a small part in that particular video. But we have other videos as well. So just look up Happy to Be Here on Facebook and on Instagram and maybe on Twitter too. I don't know. And, uh, you know, just play around until you find it. And the um, logo is like a little spaceship beaming up somebody. That's what the logo, it's like a white logo with little green and pink stuff mixed in it. Happy to be here. How about you, Alan? Well, uh, my other podcast is Made in the Trade. And like this podcast, it is found on orlandopodcast.net. And you can also find a discussion about this podcast and Made in the Trade on Facebook. So go ahead and do a search on that. Also, uh, we have a mutual friend who just started promoting his own podcast out in California. That's Luis Jimenez, Unidentified Celebrity Review. The Unidentified Celebrity Review with Luis Jimenez. So check out him as well. And uh, yeah, that's it for us. And uh, check out our Picard episode in the next episode. Woo. Stay safe. All right, you too. I meant the audience, but yeah. Oh, no. I don't care what happens to you. No.